Alrighty, welcome back to another Fireside Chat podcast. Kind of a different episode. First of the business spotlights, and I got my good buddy here, Jeremiah Anderson with Anderson Inspections. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's an honor, dude. I've you know we've done some business together, and it was it's always been a good time, and we've always been able to to flow together. So it's it's yeah. nice having friends in the business. So. It's nice to have you on the podcast and kind of just uh, give you a little business shout out uh, with Anderson Inspections. So, yeah, thanks for thinking of me. I appreciate yeah, it. For sure. Well, let's uh, just start off with a little uh, quick little just intro of who you are, kind of what your family is and kind of stuff sure. like that. <clears throat> sure. Well, I'm a lifelong Minnesotan resident, uh, born and raised here, moved away for a little while like a lot of people do to go to school and came back. Um, my dad was actually a plumber and, uh, you know, kind of growing up thinking you're going to following your parents footsteps or something you know and he's like no no you don't want to be a plumber <laughs> he had he had a bad back from hurting it on the job and kind of salty about that so so he kind of pushing me out to you know go to college and that kind of so I went that route for a couple of years and liberal arts and learned a lot about communication and writing and, and those are good skills that I still have with me to this day but I uh, came back to Minnesota and actually uh, got a degree in uh, building inspection so kind of got into this on the academic side you could say some people start uh, inspections as maybe a second career. They're older, uh, been you know swinging a hammer, and they decide they don't want to do that anymore. But I got into this uh, right away as a young man, and evolved with it over the years. So I started inspecting buildings in 1999. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> uh, we were using Polaroids and handwritten yeah. field notes back then. You know, the shake it and <laughs> run into the one-hour photo, dropping yeah. off film, and then. Uh, in 2003, uh, I started this company here, J.B. Anderson, after it named it after me. Um, and uh, I bought my first digital camera mm. in 03, and I was like, yeah, this is going to be the greatest ever. I yeah. don't have to get film anymore. <laughs> uh, and then uh, it was a 1.3 megapixel camera. Okay. The guy was like, this is the best camera out there on the market. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, take my money here, you know. <laughs> That had uh, to be game-changing, though. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't have to. I think I it had these cartridges that plugged in, you know, okay. to the side, and yep. didn't have those little memory cards yet. And each cartridge held, like, 16 photos. I was like, that's almost a whole roll of film. Yeah. 24 was, like, a standard, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I've evolved with the business over the years. Um, uh, married almost 25 years. Wow. Uh, my wife and I celebrate awesome. that this year in August. Yeah, uh, three grown kids and three grandkids. Wow! So, wow, three grandkids. Even. Yeah, and then uh, I, when I was uh, grew up in the area, I joined the fire department while I was going to school doing okay. that. So I just retired from the volunteer fire department here in Blaine, where oh, I wow. grew up. In December of 2021, I had 26 years oh, wow. doing that. That's so, awesome. So fight fires by night and <laughs> inspections by day for yeah. 26 years. So I'm getting used to now sleeping all night. Yeah, yeah. I bet that was different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know know that, but I bet that kind of goes hand in hand. There's some stuff that comes handy when, you know, yeah. especially with yeah. houses that have been in fires. Like you can go in there and mm -hmm. be like, you know, this structure's not right. Yeah, I did a lot of, because I had a background in building inspections, I got involved with fire investigations and fire cause and origin and uh, did a lot of that stuff. And that's what really drove me to, to start my company doing inspections mm -hmm. uh, because I would see a lot of fire causes and things. Maybe they had been in place for a number of years and for whatever factor, you know, it's usually a human factor, but the heat, fuel, and oxygen triangle kind of came together and you had fire. Yeah. And uh, 
I, I kind of had an aha moment standing in this burned out kitchen one day. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, if we could get in here at a time and point out some of these conditions when people are motivated to make a change, which is usually like when the house is being sold. Because uh, otherwise people are like, oh, it's been like that forever. It's yeah. not a problem. Uh, that'd be a pretty good service to provide, I felt like, you know. <laughs> so that's been my driving force and passion for all these years doing inspections is to wow. help people avoid the stress and aggravation of experiencing a fire or any other kind of a you know loss with their, their home. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just looking at this fourplex in North Minneapolis that had fire damage like pretty bad, and I was like, how bad really is it? Like, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cheap. It'd be a pretty good <clears throat> investment property, like trying to, always trying to find yeah. ways to make more money. And I'm like, I think it would be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Everybody says fire damage, and I say fire damage too. But, I mean, just for perspective, it's it's – a room and contents fire is our biggest residential problem we have, you know, like a bedroom fire or a kitchen mm -hmm. fire, and it just kind of stays contained to that room. But the smoke travels throughout the whole house, right? Mm -hmm. And so a room and contents fire might be, uh, you know, $20,000, $30,000 on structure and over 100000 on contents. Oh, that's crazy. Because of the smoke. Yeah, I yeah. had an ex-girlfriend that her house... Um, unfortunately had a, a fire during 4th oh. of July like their garage started on fire from fireworks and stuff like that and like they just were like we're gonna have to rebuild the whole house because the smoke was just so bad yeah. and I mean it was mostly in the garage and in the mm -hmm. master bedroom kind of but it went yeah. through the whole house and it just reeked like yeah there's nothing you can do yeah yeah, garage fires um, are very dangerous, and uh, any kind of outside fires too. Like when, with fireworks, you mentioned, like yeah. I've seen some of those, and sometimes people they're throwing away their discarded fireworks in the trash, mm -hmm. right? And everybody's got these plastic trash. They still call them cans, but they're plastic, right? Yeah. They're not metal yeah. anymore, and they're usually right up against the side of the house, and that stuff just melts down in the plastic, and it hits the vinyl siding, and that stuff burns. Tremendously That's well. exactly what happened. See? Like, <laughs> to a T. Yeah, like, I've been to a lot of those fires. Yeah, and and it's, it's not fun. Like. No. What happens uh, is it burns right up the siding mm -hmm. and then gets into the roof and burns undetected for a long time yeah. because the smoke detectors are not up in the roof, right? Mm -hmm. They're in the house. And yeah. Usually it's a neighbor or somebody driving by that sees it. The people are in the house and don't even know it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It's, it's a scary moment, like. Yeah. I we had a chimney fire once at my house and like I was so young that my, my parents were like, Oh, we're just gonna go to the neighbors and hang out and I was like, Oh sweet, like eight PM we get to go to the neighbor's house, this is awesome and then fire trucks come, I'm like, What's going on? Right. Like <clears throat> Yeah. All they did was like just shot like a fire extinguisher up the chimney and it was Yeah. Like, yeah, when <laughs> I when I first joined the fire department we used to go on quite a few chimney fires every winter. Yeah. Yeah. The reality now is most of those kind of burned themselves out that had issues because yeah. of the way they constructed them. Mm -hmm. um, and so we didn't see too many chimney fires anymore. Unless it was, because um, there's kind of two reasons. Like one of them is the buildup of the creosote inside yep. if you're not cleaning them regularly. And the other way is they when they built houses in 40s, 50s, all the way up to the mid-70s, they didn't necessarily have the clearance of the wood far enough away from the firebox. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and there's a process, and I'm gonna throw a technical word out there. Um, <laughs> but it's called pyrolysis. Okay. And it's essentially what they do to make charcoal. Mm. Charcoal starts out as wood, and it goes out through a drying process to lower the ignition temperature. And then you can just light it really easily, and then it burns, right? So the same thing can happen with the wood in your house if it's exposed 
repeatedly to high heat over a number of years. It kind of goes through a chemical change and it lowers the ignition temperature a little bit every time and dries yeah. it out more and more until that one day when you have that fire that you always have and there was never an issue and now all of a sudden it starts on fire. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to think about. I mean, like we, at my house now, we have a mantle like right above our fireplace. Yeah, there's like. codes and stuff on how far those have to be yeah. away from because of that reason. Um, but uh, yeah, I started offering chimney scope services a few years ago now. Okay. A lot of home inspectors don't do it. They just say, well, I'm just here to look at the home, not the chimney. And um, I just felt that was a disservice. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty expensive to get that equipment and go through extra training. I had a lot of it already up front from my background, like I mentioned. But um, yeah, we have a camera we can put on a pole and then it spins around in a 360 degree circle so we can look at the kind of like a barber pole effect, you know, yeah. going up the chimney and then all the way down oh, wow. and looking for any cracks or because that's the other thing with chimney fires. Even if you're cleaning it regularly, which you should be doing it at least once every season if you're using that chimney regularly. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> with masonry chimneys, they're blocks stacked on top of each other and the flue, you might have heard that yeah. term, the flue. And they have like a piece, of, a little joint of cement that holds these blocks together. It's about an inch. Okay. And over use, years of use, heating and cooling, heating and cooling, you know, expansion, contraction, those little one inch joints, the, the um, masonry cement falls mm -hmm. out of those and then you end up with holes. Yeah. And it's sort of like trying to drink through a straw that has a hole in it. If you've ever tried to do yeah. that, you know, it doesn't work so good. No. Same thing if you're trying to have a fire in a chimney that has those bunch of, you add up all those holes and it doesn't draft properly and then you end up with uneven heating and it yeah. can heat areas that aren't normally, you know, heated that high oh. and end up with a chimney fire. So, <laughs> so using that chimney camera system, we'll, yeah. we'll find those. Wow. So. That's really nice. Like, like you said, I bet that's, that equipment's not cheap. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's several thousand dollars, you know, up front and then, maintenance ongoing and stuff so um, but yeah just to add a chimney scope for onto an inspection you know we, we charge per fireplace to do it yeah. um, so it's um, I think we're at 180 180 okay. bucks to throw it on to an existing inspection yeah, that's not and too bad. usually if we find a repair issue it's it's well over a thousand dollars yeah to so fix it's worth it. it right right yeah definitely not to avoid a chimney fire yeah you know <laughs> because um, <clears throat> a lot of times that to repair them they run a stainless steel liner through there and uh, you know, inflation's prices are always changing, but always, yeah. uh, you know we're getting estimates anywhere between one hundred to one hundred twenty-five dollars a foot to to run a steel liner, and most chimneys are between sixteen and twenty feet. So. Yeah, wow. Um, are you seeing a lot of like actual wood burning fireplaces in houses, or? Yeah, you know the trend has kind of fallen out of favor uh, over the last twenty years yeah. because of energy codes in Minnesota primarily. But mm -hmm. on houses that were built prior to nineteen eighties, they're yeah. pretty you know they're more common. Yeah. You know, yeah. all the way to the mid eighties, probably eighty five ish. Wow. But um, yeah, just depends on the type of house it is and yeah. the area. But you know, the fireplaces wood burning they pull a lot of air out of the house, and we're trying to keep that air in the house to, to heat our home. So yeah. it doesn't work so well with the energy yeah. requirements yeah. that we have here in our state. So. True, true. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing a lot of those like, you know, the new builds. Like everyone's just putting those like electric fireplaces that just go right into the wall. Like, have yeah. you seen those? Like those are really cool. Like, I do <laughs> like that, <clears throat> that, and then the gas ones too. I mean, yeah. you just push a button and you it's, got fire, right? Yeah. They're pretty convenient. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. I mean, then a lot of those electric ones, you can change the colors and different things, you know. I was just at a builder meeting yesterday, and, like, we are looking at it, and I was like, you can get, like, blue flames and purple yeah. flames. I'm like, this is pretty cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, just push a button. Yeah. yeah. I've seen a few of those. 
I, I'm not going to lie, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I they like, are. I like gadgets and stuff. You know? <laughs> but some people, um, they just really like the ambiance and the smell of burning wood. You know, you and, get the crackle and yeah. the pop. Like, I'm sure you have buyers that's on their list, right? Where they yeah. want a wood-burning fireplace is one of their wants. Yep, yeah, yep. I mean, my parents, like, one of the reasons we bought our house was because it was a wood-burning fireplace. Because sure. it's like, we've always had that, and it's it's cool, it sounds nice. Like, Christmas time, it, you can't yeah. beat it. Like, right. I was leaving my house this morning. The snow was coming down through the windows. I'm like, this would be pretty nice to have a fire right now and just yeah. like hang out. Yeah, the house I grew up in, we had a wood burning too. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. My dad used to always have me like help start the fire when I was younger. And I thought, oh, it's pretty cool, you know. And yeah. then it got to that certain age when you're like, like wait a second. <laughs> and he's having me do all the hard work here, <laughs> you know, cutting That's all the kindling it. up and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we have uh, in floor heating in our basement and then. Like that just went out like a week ago with the thermostat. Like the electric electricity is kind of like messed <clears> up, so we're trying to fix that. So we've yeah. been having a lot of wood fires. My parents are like we're gonna run out of wood, and I'm like, yeah, uh oh. And they're like, yep, you're gonna be the one going to get more wood. And I'm like, no, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny they brought that up because I do run into that on inspections from time to time with those in-floor heating systems. There's a lot of uh, rubber bands to break. My dad would call yeah. it right. Um, they're not like super expensive, but there's just a lot of little parts and pieces, like low voltage stuff. Yeah. Controls and pumps and depending on how big it is, how many zones you have and Yeah. They all have to kinda of work together, otherwise it just kinda of shuts down. It does, yeah. It's yeah. uh it's awesome though. Yeah. Like when, when it works when they work, it's yeah. great. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But when for they sure. don't no. Like we had uh we lived in a slab on grade rambler a couple of years ago and that was all in floor heating, but it was all like electric in floor heating. Okay. And our electric bill was yeah outrageous. We're like yeah. this was done very poorly, like <laughs> Yeah, electric heat is pretty expensive in Minnesota. You know, maybe down south like I don't know, Missouri ish and south yeah. when you're not running it as much, but not up here in no. January especially. Yeah. No, it was uh yeah, we we moved for a reason. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean it's all right if you got like one room, right? Yeah. A bathroom or or something. The master right? bathroom or yeah. something like that, where we've seen a lot of like new builds. Yeah, in floor heating, which is awesome. Like, right, but the whole house, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, 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 it was adds up. <clears throat> one of the other things I wanted to mention too about the kind of tie in with fires and inspections is the recall check that we always include, right? Um, when I first started doing this, we were writing it down by hand and like faxing it in. <laughs> to our office. Now I've got this app on my phone and um, any of myself or any of other inspectors we have, we can take a picture of the model number and serial number on the appliances mm. and then we check them for um, safety recalls because um, a lot of people don't know, just like your automobile, if there's ever been a recall on your car, you probably know it's a you know repair and you bring it in and it's free. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> there's another uh, government agency for cars, it's National Highway Transportation Safety Board, and everybody registers their car so they find out about these recalls. But with homes, um, the Consumer Product Safety Commission is involved on home appliance repairs as well as children's toys and clothing. And so uh, if there's ever been a, like, there's been a ton of recalls on microwaves and, and dishwashers over the last decade. Yeah. And we'll find those on inspections by checking with the model number and serial number. And we can provide an emailed report to the buyer. And there's a 1-800 number they just call, and it's either a free repair. Or in some cases, the other option is they give them a credit towards purchase of a new appliance. If, like, let's say it's a 10-year-old dishwasher, maybe yeah. you're thinking about changing it out anyway. Mm -hmm. So they get anywhere between, you know, two to 400 bucks, depending on wow. the dishwasher they buy. So that's, 
that's awesome. Like, yeah. That's huge for clients. Yeah, and it's a, it's a win-win because they're getting it fixed for free or getting it replaced for free. Yeah. And most of the recalls are for fire-related issues like <laughs> overheated wiring or something that, you know, like there's a recall on dishwashers. There's a, it was a couple different brands. I think Bosch was one of them. Frigidaire was another one. But the wiring coming in would overheat on the mm. cord. Yeah. And then also the heating element in the bottom of the tub was overheating. And just like melt down everything inside of there. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, that's not good. No. Like. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, not much fire, but all that smoke mm-hmm. damage, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah not so, good. So we do the recall check on all of our inspections. I've been doing that for years and years just because it provides huge value to people, I believe. So. Yeah, no, it, it really does. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, you've been in the business for quite some time now. I mean, since 99. So, right. Like, yeah. I'm sure you've seen some crazy stuff and yeah seen some crazy things happen like yeah. what's uh what's sure. some of the top stories you got for us yeah yeah i'm glad you brought that up um <laughs> lately with social media and stuff i've been doing some reels some videos and yeah. stuff you i've know, seen a couple right? of them yeah like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i i try not to like place blame or act like mr expert like this is bad because yeah. some people do that i just try to have fun yeah you know that's what social media is yeah about, you know right? and it's kind of a stress relief for me because i could just take it from here and get it out of my head you yep. know <laughs> put it out there for the universe to laugh at so yeah i mean um i was on one not too long ago um we also do sewer scopes for people we started doing those a while back too just because it's a major part of your house, the main sewer line, and if anything happens to it, it's you know literally you got you know what back up into your house. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, this they they hired me to do a sewer scope in this um, uh, house built in like 1929. Okay. Uh, which is what I would recommend doing them on the older homes. Yep. And so I go, in, you know, you got to remove this cap to access it. And usually, um, there's a cap in the floor or a floor drain or somewhere to get it. Well, I'm in the basement of this unfinished basement in this 1929 house. And I look down, and there's just like this round little hole in the floor, like where there used to be a cap, but yeah. it was broken. Mm. Um, and that happens sometimes when you take them off, they break, but you got to fix it, right? Because yeah. you don't want sewer gas coming in. Yeah. But it was only like this deep, and I could see water in it. And normally they go down quite a ways, okay. but it was really shallow. So I was like, they had a toilet downstairs, so I was like, I wonder... So I walk, I'm, you know, doing this reel now, yeah. you know, hey, you know, what's going on? I don't usually say anything. I just give these facial expressions. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And I walk over and flush the toilet and come over and then took about five seconds. And then all of a sudden you see water oh going across. The, I'm like. <laughs> That's not good. No, no, it's not. And then, you know, I actually did the sewer scope too. And we found um, quite a few tree root intrusions coming through. Because mm. um, those older systems, they have couplers and the tree roots come in looking for moisture about every six, six feet-ish yeah. or so. So, yeah. And then uh, um, another one, uh, they had put in the seller's disclosure, like there's a funny smell and they turned on the gas fireplace. And they didn't know why. They just, well, it works, but it smells weird. So I'm looking at it, and I kind of look up in this, you know, there's this little gap on the top. Sometimes they took off the screen, yeah. and there's something, like, blue up there, and I reach up there, and I get up my phone, you know. And I, I try to do this unscripted with the, yeah. you know. I'm just like, what is this? And I pull it out. Well, it's like a little kid donut, <laughs> like a plastic donut. <laughs> a little toddler had, like, shoved it up in there, and it was probably an inch tall at one point but it had melted down to just like a piece of barely thicker than paper (laughs) on the top of this fireplace so then every time they turned it on it would kind of yeah Yeah. and it smelled the burning plastic (laughs) 
<laughs> so oh, why would they like think of like anything? They're yeah. just like, oh, it works. But Again, you know, it's like I mentioned at the beginning when we start talking. It's just like, oh, it's been that way for a long time. It doesn't seem to cause any problem. You know, they're yeah. not motivated to yeah. do anything. It's just daily life, man. Yeah. You just flip the switch. They got fire. It smells a little different. Whatever. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> but um, the craziest stuff was maybe a decade or more ago, back when we were seeing a lot of vacant homes. Yeah. You know, and like now, when I still do it now, like when I get to a house, whether it's just part of my process now, like get to the house, knock on the door, yep. and I walk through every single room right away just yep. to kind of check sure things. No yeah. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, legit, like I was doing this one time, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I can't remember exactly, up in Ramsey. And, you know, it's a vacant house, kind of they all were back then almost. And, you know, I just kind of went in the kitchen and started doing my thing. No one was there. It was just me. And then, like, a half hour into it, all of a sudden I hear footsteps coming up from the basement. And it's this guy like, hey, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what are you doing here? And we kind of had that moment. Like, you know, he's like, and, and it happened, a, this is like the second or third time, but this one was kind of comical because he was sort of asleep. It was like a 9 a.m. appointment, you know. And they always have this story, like, oh, I'm here to watch the house for the seller. I'm like, whatever, man. I'm just here to do an inspection. Yeah, you know? like, I'm just doing my job. Yeah. So then that's what I would do. I'd just kind of walk around, and then if I'd seen someone, I'd be like, hey, so you know, I'm here doing the inspection. And then they'd tell me their story. I'm like, fine, whatever. But there's going to be more people coming probably, so you might want to kind of collect yourself and get out. <laughs> and they usually did. <laughs> so That's funny. Yeah, so we had a few of those back in the days of all those vacant foreclosed homes and a lot of them had you know copper pipe was cut out and you couldn't inspect oh, the plumbing yeah. or anything because the water was off or yeah. utilities were shut off so it was a little challenging times back yeah there. yeah i suppose yeah everyone talks about like everyone that i around my age they're like do you ever run into problems with like termites and i'm like it's too cold. Like, have yeah. you ever ran into like termites yeah. up here? Like, yeah. So that's one of the benefits of living where the face hurts <laughs> your air or the air hurts your face. I mean, right? We just don't have a termite problem up here in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, I've heard you get down like on the border of Iowa and there, yeah. you start to see them a little bit. Um, it's just we don't have the subterranean termites here because. The frost level in the metro area, all the way up till you get to Duluth, and then it goes deeper. They say is forty-two inches when yeah. you're digging footings and stuff. You got to go down at least forty-two inches deep, yep. um, and termites aren't going that deep. No, you know. So, but we do have carpenter ants. Yeah. Yeah, and a few other wood-destroying insects. So it's not totally immune. Out of the question. You know, but, but yeah, because yeah, you might get an out-of-state buyer coming here and they ask for a termite inspection, right? And you're like, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I had I had one client ask for a radon um, inspection or radon test on a condo, mm -hmm. on yeah. the fifth level. Yeah, and yeah. And I'm like, do you like do you understand right. like how the radon works and stuff? And he goes, yeah. I still want it. Yeah, I've had those requests over the years too, and I've done them because people insist. Yeah. And when I started asking those questions, um, I usually try to have conversation, and and many times um, I found they were relocating and they had sort of a relocation package mm -hmm. on what they could spend and that was one of the line items. Okay. And they're like, well, we have this money to spend, we're gonna spend it. Fair I'm like, enough. okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, pretty low risk on the fifth floor, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. maybe the first floor. Yeah, for people that don't know like how radon like gets into a house, it's gases released from the ground that comes up through the basement or through yeah. 
through yeah. the cracks in concrete or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's a gas under pressure. So, I mean, depending on where you live is a bigger risk factor. And, mm-hmm. you know, Minnesota, most of the state's a high risk. And, yeah, I mean, we test at the lowest lived-in level and we do a measurement for it. So, yeah, yeah anything above the first floor and up, it really decreases quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you... Uh, have you done a lot of radon testing? or? Yeah, yeah. I've been um, testing for radon uh, as a company for probably 15 years. Okay. I started doing it, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. I bet it comes up a fair amount. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, really what changed the game here in Minnesota, I'll be up front for your viewers and listeners, <laughs> um, they, they added that radon disclosure law here yeah. on the books i want to say i might be off on the year but it was like 2013 2012 or something yeah. so if there's ever been a radon test on a property in the past i believe it's two years the seller has to disclose it okay and once that law got passed and people were seeing like this radon disclosure they were like oh well, what's that yeah, well, yeah. It, those conversations started coming up and if it was checked no then people were like well maybe we should test for it then. yeah so I mean, the law was for disclosure, but it really triggered a lot more people to be thinking about it and, yeah. and awareness. So the amount of people requesting it has increased exponentially since yeah. then. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I have some clients that are really serious about it. It's, they really want to test it and want yeah. to make sure that everything's all good to go. But uh, Yeah, you know, and you know, and I won't get on tangent on it because you can get really deep in the weeds on it, but <laughs> just, you know, 4.0 is the magic number, yeah. right? And in Minnesota, uh, the highest I've ever found was a 34 point something. Wow. Okay. And that's a lot. That is. Yeah. Wow. But you get out like to the eastern seaboard or the like Colorado-ish rocky areas, they'll have houses well over 100, Pico, especially in Pico Curies. Yeah. Well over 100 in those areas. Wow. So those, up until that law got passed for disclosure, those were the people that were moving here from those parts of the country mm. where they were seeing radon in those concentrations and they were like, yeah, we want to test for it. And it's like, we have 1.2. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. But it was on their mind, though, because it was such a big deal where they lived. Yeah. And then they were like, we got to test for it. Just kind of like the termites was on their mind for people that had that. Mm-hmm. They'd be moving here, relocating. And yeah. So wow. it is an issue in Minnesota, but we don't see those like, super sky high numbers generally. But yeah. still, thirty four is something you want to have corrected, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you just the radon mitigation system is. I mean, how much sure. is that? Is it's what, in your opinion? I guess how yeah. much is is a radon mitigation? Yeah, system? I I don't do those installs, but I talk to the companies that do, and yeah. you know they're in the same situation with inflation that we all are right now. So their yeah. costs have gone up. It used to be around twelve hundred to fifteen hundred bucks to okay. get a single fan system installed, which is what most of them have to be in Minnesota. Yeah, um, you know it's probably closer to about two thousand bucks now with inflation and yeah. you know PVC pipes gone up and all this and that. Oh, so yeah, still, sure. I mean, you're talking less than one percent of the house yeah. price to and do it's, that. It's worth it, especially when you're at 34. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and most people, when I talk to them, they say, oh, I figured it would have been like 10,000, you know? They're like, yeah. oh, 2,000, that's totally doable, yeah. you know? It's not so. like a whole new septic system or something Right, like that. yeah, that's a big expense yeah. there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's not necessarily, in my opinion, a reason you shouldn't buy a house if there's high rate on, because you can fix it and deal yeah. with it, you Yeah, know? totally. Yeah. Um, well, kind of back that you've been in the business for so long, Give me a little estimate on how many homes you think you've inspected. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So we started um, tracking our inspections quite closely with a scheduling system about a decade ago. Okay. And prior to using that system, um, 
you know, it wasn't quite as accurate. It was more kind of like writing it on the whiteboard and you yeah. know, ledgering. So, so um, I'm I'm real confident right now with the numbers that we have. It's it's right around twelve thousand. Wow. Yeah. How many houses have you like inspected more than once? Yeah. Has that happened? Yeah, it has, <laughs> and it, sometimes it's awkward, especially if it's like kind of close. Yeah. You know, you feel like, oh, I was here like six months ago. You know? Yeah. You know, um, that came up more so when the market was a little different, when houses weren't selling and, you know, they'd be on the market and then they'd have an inspection and maybe didn't buy it and looked at a different one. Yeah. I think it's, I can have it on one hand the amount of times. Okay. I've done inspections on the same house. Yeah. yeah. The more common scenario I've ran into is where like, let's say you sell a house and they, they live in it for five years and life changes and they decide to move so then you represent the buyers uh coming in on the new end and then you yeah. know both sides of it and so you and i work together and so you're like yeah i'm gonna refer jeremiah to you so you're in your new buyers for that house you know i end up seeing that house again yeah you know which i think that's totally normal and you yeah know, things mean, can change in five years right right they can for yeah. sure a lot can yeah yeah it's inevitable yeah um, but yeah, if it's been like five months, uh, it's a little different. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, because people are like, "Well, why are we paying you again?" Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know well, maybe we'll do a walkthrough and kind of review the report because technically, the report from five months ago belongs to the person who paid for that. But yeah. you know, we'll call them up, ask them if it's okay, and most people are like, "Yeah, that's fine." Yeah. You know, so. Um, another question I had was the codes and the laws have changed so much all the time. Like, how do you keep up with? everything yeah. that's changing yeah. like yeah it's a whole different world in the code world um i spent a little bit of time there um i was a uh, fire marshal for a few years okay so i got involved in the code review process and uh so on a national level about the time i got into doing inspections you know they changed to uh they had this great idea and i think it was a great idea i said that mockingly but <laughs> we want to have the same code everywhere in the United States. So they yeah. changed, you know, they called the International Building Code and the International Residential Code. Prior to that, like different parts of the country sort of had their own codes. Like in the Midwest, we used to have what's called ICBO code, International Conference of Building Officials. And then when you got kind of down south, they had the Southern Building Codes Congress International. And then you went out west, whoop, you went out west, they had something different. And then out east, they were more into the NFPA kind of standards for fire protection code. Yeah. And it got crazy because you started having national builders that want to build houses all over, and they just want to have one code, you know. Mm -hmm. So so um, I was kind of involved, you know, going through school when I be, when they, we were changing over to their national codes, and I've stayed pretty close with it. It's still up to each individual state to make their own local amendments is where it gets kind of tricky because even in the state of Minnesota, we're working off of those international codes, but the state has the authority to make amendments to the code to add things like our own energy code, for example, that we mm -hmm. have here in Minnesota that's unique. So yeah, every three to five years, there's some changes that yeah. happen to those codes. So, so when a house is built, technically in three to five years, it, it's out of code. Yeah. Because people ask you, does it meet code? Well, you got to look at what was in effect when it was built. Yeah. And that's where it gets to be like you got to have this knowledge base. You got to be able to know what was required 20 years ago or 15 years ago. Yeah. And it gets to be a lot. So I have a lot of code books on my shelf. Yeah. In no, my I office. believe it. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to our builder and our properties, uh, Eric, and he was talking about how, like, in islands, they're not going to allow, like, outlets on the sides. Like, they're going to have to, like, come up or just no outlets in the islands anymore. And it's like, why? And it's like, well, kids are pulling, like, 
toasters off the islands and then having them hit them and I'm like yeah how do you guys keep up with this it's like yeah every day I talk <clears throat> with a building and they're like yeah there's this new code and I'm like what do you mean like, yeah yeah a lot of things that are in codes are there because of uh some type of event that happened like you mentioned yeah. or a fire of some sort um and then just local opinion too and needs of the area you know like we don't have hurricanes and high winds here so we don't have all those kind of hurricane things and like you go to other parts of the country they have to have special straps on the water heater tank called seismic straps to prevent the water heater from tipping over if there's an earthquake okay we don't have that here right yeah, don't have so, that here yeah so different things you know some of it is regional and yeah. then some of it is political based on the area you live right like a lot of stuff uh you go across the border in wisconsin and there's not as many local code updates over there so yeah you know you'll talk to builders and it's a little cheaper for them to build a house in wisconsin yeah than minnesota yeah that's crazy yeah, yeah. codes are crazy the laws are crazy it's yeah it's always crazy do you do a lot of uh, inspections on like new construction homes I've been asked over the years, and to answer that, that would be no, I don't do a lot. Yeah. Um, I think the reason is because we have a pretty robust code in Minnesota, and if you're in the metro, there's a pretty good inspection department usually following up on different phases yeah. of those inspections. Um, you know, framing, footing, framing, insulation, those kind of phase inspections. But I have done them for people, yeah. and usually it was because it was more of a custom design yeah and uh, they weren't comfortable with the local code official kind of following up on some of the things because if someone tells you they're building a house to code it's kind of the lowest minimum standard yeah right. legally <laughs> and some people when they build a house it's you know more like up here so that's that gap where i would kind of come in yeah to kind of kind of help with that yeah because this part here is usually covered okay but up here is where they want it so that's where i would help yeah that's that's awesome though. I mean, you do a lot. You're probably always staying busy, and like you said, you have time to actually sleep at night. Now right. you're not a yeah firefighter volunteer, yeah. so that's nice. Yeah, I mean, literally, legit. I maybe four hours of sleep I was getting. Yeah, that's for crazy. A decade or more. Oh. Yeah. But I bet you got some crazy stories from that that side of things oh, too. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh Yep. Oh wow. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Like I, I always love hanging out with you and getting to learn learn from you because sure. you got a lot of knowledge. Uh, just been being in the industry and the business for so long, so it's been uh, for sure very nice. Do you have uh, any last things you kind of want to say or? Um, yeah, I mean, just for people buying a house, you know, everybody says it's your biggest investment, which it is, and you want to have you know everything checked you know just who you work with matters you it know does. and your team is out there and you bring huge value to people and and uh, I think that's why it was such a natural fit you know when um, we started talking you know and then I've known Tyler for a long time too so yeah. Um, yeah I mean we're just not there to be just the basic inspection you know we'll we'll go above and beyond for our customers by doing extra stuff if they want us to or if they just want the best basic that's totally fine too. Yeah. We're just there to provide whatever level of um, inspection service they want. If it's yeah. a basic inspection, if they want mold testing, we do mold testing, radon measurement, sewer scope, chimney scope. We include the recall check with all of them because it's yeah. a huge you know, property and life safety thing. So mm -hmm. yeah, so they can just uh, give us a call and be happy to help them out with any of their inspection needs. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that is great. I've, I know I've done some business with you, and it's always been a pleasure. So yeah. I'm looking forward to doing some more here, hopefully soon. Hopefully we get some of the buyers off the fence here and find some properties that they want. Like you said, inventory's low, but uh, 
yeah we're seeing i want to say i just checked the numbers today we had a thousand new listings in the last week so it's yeah. like that's what's great about this business right <laughs> it's just always this wild ride oh. you never know what's coming but you don't if you're in it for the long haul right <laughs> right then, exactly yeah. yeah um but where can people find you sure um you know a lot of people nowadays are on the internet website so our website's the jbandersoninspections.com um, yeah. And then uh, they can schedule online right Perfect. there. Yeah, I'll, if, put, uh, I'll put that link in the description. Yeah. So. And if they're old school and they want to you know, call on the phone, you know, there's 763-350-8509 is the number. And Perfect. texting, too, you know, for yeah. that generation that wants to text. We try to make it easy for everybody. <laughs> yeah, so. that's how it is, though. Every generation's different, and you got to try to fit in, fit in everywhere, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, everyone watching, thanks for sticking around, and uh, yeah. we'll be back soon. See you later. Thanks.